This is part two of chapter six of The War on Waste Paradox, read by Len Bertain. As you may recall in the last part, Dr. LB and the class are starting to dig into one of the wastes that was bugging everybody the previous class. They found some ideas that look pretty good and they're starting to expand their thinking into areas, other areas of the company that might help. He paused as Dr. Elby paused as Tony raised his hand and asked, If we know where the problems are, why do we need to put them in categories other than size? For all his bad-mouthing of the training, Tony was starting to get into it. Dr. Elby replied, That's a good question. The reason we do this is for you to see who and what are affected by the changes we propose. For instance, we'll talk about the 12 categories of waste. As we identify waste, we'll begin to associate a waste with a category. We try to group waste to the categories because if we have 10 separate wastes dealing with a specific waste category, maybe we can see a bigger problem that needs to be solved. One reason that we group the waste together is also to help get rid of them. We don't have any, re any other reason. It just makes the solution easier to grasp. If we group like wastes together, then we can get a handle on certain parts of the system are working together. By grouping like wastes, many times we are able, able to see problems that don't crop up otherwise. For example, when we put all the wastes of waiting together, we see a lot of problems because the system doesn't keep material and information flowing smoothly. By identifying the wastes and grouping like wastes, we get a clearer picture of the problems. Another reason for grouping the waste is that some analysis techniques work better on some wastes than others. You'll see what I mean on this later, Dr. Elby said. As we continue to move forward, we will implement solutions to one problem and find that another problem shows up just to take its place immediately after that. In fact, I can say emphatically that today's solution is tomorrow's problem. Sometimes I tell people that I'm not a problem solver, I'm a problem creator because of what I just said. That is why your tribal knowledge is always changing, and I will always have a job. When you fix a problem and have an elegant solution, it becomes part of your tribal knowledge and will morph over time. This is caused by changes in market conditions and customers' demands. As you fix add fixes to earlier solutions to make them work, the tribal knowledge will need to respond, and it usually does, either formally with documentation or informally by the need to get the product out the door. Documentation be damned. For example, let's take the waste that we discussed earlier, the one involving the order form. If we implement the, implement the proposed solution, who or what will be affected? Roland raised his hand, and Dr. Elby called on him. Roland smiled because he knew this one. He said, the sales department will be effective. We'll no longer need a full-time secretary to do this transcription from one form to another. Excellent, Dr. Elby said. And as we categorize these wastes, the answers to who or what will be affected become apparent. Buck was dozing off in the back of the room, and so Dr. Elby looked at his way and everyone else turned around. A few people began to smile as Dr. Elby continued. 
For instance, if we elect to farm out our expediting operation, Mr. Grimes will eliminate our shipping department. Buck awoke just as he said that. He said, no one is going to close down my department. You do that, you and your bloody horse are dead meat. Dr. Elby smiled at Mr. Grimes and then responded, you know, Buck, I think everyone in here would agree with you, and believe me, I wouldn't suggest any any such thing. I guess I was just testing your sixth sense of yours. Apparently, it's working okay. Did you have a good sleep? And Buck was a little embarrassed and apologized for dozing off. My little baby girl was up all night. I'm sorry. Dr. Elby admitted, by the way, Buck, I was teasing you just then. I'm also sorry for interrupting your snooze. But I'd like to restate a point that I made earlier. Several people have approached me in the halls and out in the shop. There will be no layoffs as a result of this training. There may be significant changes in some people's jobs, but we'll try to anticipate these changes to ensure a smooth transition to a new work environment. Okay, let's get started here. I'm going to list three categories of waste. They're probably the three biggest wastes in any company. They're the waste of human potential, the waste of rework or bad quality parts, and the waste of waiting. We actually have 12 categories of waste, and we'll cover those later, but for now, let's just look at these. And as we go on, wastes that fall into these three specific categories will be the lion's share of those we find. You're getting to create categories for the ones that don't fit into one of those three, and then we'll compare your categories with those that we've collected. The reason we do it this way is you force you into a new way of looking at the processes in this plant and work in general. As I bring other associates in to work with you, you aren't going to figure out your problems and they aren't going to figure out your problems and solutions for you. The value that we add to this company is to guide you in the way that you think for yourselves. I suppose I could bring in some other consultants like CNC machine tool wizards and cost accountants. We could come in and do the things that you want us to implement. Do you know what would happen? After we did all the work, we would be the ones who learned about your business during the implementation process and guess what probably would happen. Jim had not really been talkative and he reacted to Dr. Elby's comments. You mean that you aren't going to help us? No, Jim, that's not what I said. I said that we are not going to do the implementations. You are. We'll help you by keeping you focused on your goals and supplying any resources that you need. The sooner you learn to do this, the quicker you'll be able to stand alone and not require our help. If we don't get you independent as quickly as possible, you, your, you people will be more like the proverbial bull in a china shop and more than likely, you won't be any better off than before. There is an old Chinese proverb, if you give a hungry man a fish, he will eat for a day. If, however, you teach him to fish, he will eat for a lifetime. You're the ones who need to create the new culture. You're the ones who are really going to live with it, so you're the ones who have to create it. I really believe that your collective intellect is a powerful resource to apply to a problem. In just about every successful project that I have worked over the last 20 years, the common theme of all of them is this, simpler is better. The late, great 
jazz musician Charlie Mingus had a better way of saying it. Anybody can make the simple complicated. Creativity is making the complicated simple. So the primary focus of this training is to get you to accomplish three things. To think for yourselves, to take responsibility for your own jobs, and learn to work with each other as a team. Okay, we've got about 20 minutes left in this class. I want you to take the ways that we listed and categorize them. Would someone please volunteer to take notes? Jim's hand went up and Dr. Ebbie said, Great, Jim. You please keep track of the list for the various categories and the ways that we identify. Will you post the results daily? At that point, Dr. Elby looked at Mr. Grimes. John, could I see you a second after the class? So we went to work on the list of wastes. Everybody had ideas. Jim had a plenty hard time keeping up with all the stuff that was being thrown at him, but somehow he managed. I thought we got some pretty good results. As I walked out of the classroom, I could see Dr. Elby talking with Mr. Grimes. John, the reason I wanted to chat with you was to challenge you to think about something. Go ahead, I'm all ears. John, I've mentioned tribal knowledge to you, and I think you understand what it is. Now I want you to think about something. I have a view of this whole process that I call the war and waste paradox. It has a lot to do with you and your company before I got here. Now, it is appropriate to work you through the paradox. I'm not just going to tell you what it is. And the first step that I want you to answer for me is, what do you think it is? We'll talk about it again in a couple of days. There is no rush. In the meantime, think about it. As Dr. Elby walked away from Mr. Grimes, Mr. Grimes asked, can you give me a clue? And Dr. Elby walked away. What are the insights from Chapter 6? Dr. Elby is baiting Mr. Grimes with this war on waste paradox question. You may already know what it is, but Mr. Grimes doesn't, and we'll have to work through it. Part of the problem that I've had over the years is that I've almost have to get a two-by-four out of the woodpile and crack CEOs over the head to get them to see the paradox and realize they can help deal with it. Once the two-by-four cracks them on the side of the head, they get it. But boy, is it a slow process. Psychic reward from a fun job is high on the list of motivators. In spite of all the rhetoric otherwise, pay is not a real motivator. Most of us are only motivated by pay as long as it takes us to adjust to the new lifestyle that the rays will afford, and that lasts about five minutes. In just about all the war and waste projects, employees love to come to work after the initial part of the program is over. It really is fun to work at a company that respects your ideas. Just thinking of that, liking your job. We call the war and waste process a discovery because of the pro as the process goes forward, all employees realize they can contribute to the improvement process and each idea, large or small, is important. And as the dialogue of the classroom continues, the employees are starting to see the mess that they have created together. And yet the process is starting to show them that they are going to fix it. There is a lot of special and wasteful tribal knowledge finding its way into the discussion 
and before long, most of it will be on the table. That's the end of chapter 6, part 2, and the end of chapter 6. The next chapter will consider Dr. Elby's ideas about how to move the class forward. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you in chapter 7.